And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsline with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, day of the year weather-wise? Oh, it's spectacular. It is spectacular. Even Tom Reed couldn't bitch about this this day weather-wise. It's beautiful out there. (laughs) And the Blue Jackets are making news. We've got, as we say, as we've said a lot here, we've got a lot to talk about. Today, the Blue Jackets made a front office uh, shuffling about today. Uh, new roles for Joseph Pomidian, new role for Rick Nash. The test to Dorset Thiessen uh, sticking with the organization or back with the organization in some cases. Um, we'll get to all of that in a bit. Gregory Hoffman, finally, I said finally, Allison, signed <laughs> his deal. Uh, one year, $900,000, one way, one year guaranteed money for him. Uh, But the news this week is sort of what we alluded to a week ago when we did this uh, Front Nationwide podcast. Brad Larson has been named the eighth full-time coach in Blue Jackets history. They've had 10 altogether. Uh, Brad Larson is the pick. Allison, your thoughts on this rather Major development, one of the big bits of news we've been waiting for this summer. It's now official. It's been official. Brad Larson is the guy. Your thoughts go. Ooh, uh, well, um, you know, I listen, I, uh, first and foremost, on a human level, you could tell how much this meant to him, to his family. And, and that's always neat to see. It's always neat to see someone chase down a dream and, and that they've worked hard for. Um, so I'm excited for him on an individual level. I think that he made it very clear that 
he wants to, this is not, of course, his only focus, but he wants to build relationships with these players, strengthen relationships with these players, uh, focus on, on, you know, helping make them the best that they can be. Um, so I'm happy for him, for sure. A, a bigger picture, it, it does signal to me that this organization is is leaning into more of a development type period where they're going to focus on the youth and, and bringing in younger players, potentially mostly through the draft. Um, that's what Brad Larson has been successful at both here and, and in, in the AHL. I'm curious to see, I, I thought his respect for the tradition that the organization has built while still wanting to put his own thumbprint on it was, was really well handled by him. And, and I'm interested to see where that evolution goes. You know, this isn't a guy who he might think a little more old school hockey in terms of, you know, lead with his gut. Um, that's always been my read on him. I don't know how much he wants to look at numbers all day and that's fine. That's hundred percent his right. Um, so I'm really curious to see what kind of style he brings to, again, putting his thumbprint on how this team plays, how this team operates and, and, and what it all looks like. Um, truly from a systems perspective. And then the roster is kind of secondary for me, but I'm interested to see what, what changes and evolution he makes there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have similar thoughts. I, I think this is a coach. I think it's clear even before players who were in town showed up at the press conference, I think it's been pretty clear that Brad Larson is a guy that players respect. Mm-hmm, for this sure. This is a guy that the players like. For sure. Um, not just as a Tortorella yes man, because I don't think he was entirely that. Agree. But I think he kind of keeps – I think he, he keeps both sides of this uh, equation happy. I think I think the players in the room respected him. And, and you know what? Much like – I was thinking about this the other day. Much like they rooted for Jonas Corposalo mm-hmm. when Bobrovsky moved along, I think they I think they see Larson in the same light. Like this is a guy who's paid his dues. He was the head coach in the minors. He was an assistant coach in the minors. He's been an assistant coach up here. They see how hard he works. They see mm-hmm. how dedicated he is. Mm-hmm. They see how genuine he is. I think they want him to have this opportunity and to be successful at it. I think it also appeases the front office in that he is he is not John Tortorella in a lot of ways, but he is John Tortorella in some ways. Yes, and I he is not going to let things slide. Uh, he is he is a he is a for, is a coach who is a former player, but I don't think he is a player's coach in the firmest sense of that phrase. I think he's I think he's a guy that will maintain the stands. He will not maintain them the same way that Tortorella did. For sure. He probably won't air it publicly. You won't see blow-ups <laughs> on the bench. It won't be maybe as confrontational, especially publicly. But I think the front office trusts him that he sees the game and how the game is supposed to be played in a similar sense that they do. Mm-hmm. Um but to your point about this being a, a development stretch, and I think that's a really good word. Um, I, have, I have a lot of lot of thoughts on this aspect of it. This is a time for teaching. Yes. This is a time for patience and growth and um, all of those sort of unsexy 
things at, at this level. And I, you know, I, I think Brad Larson was a hell of a coach in the American Hockey League, which is not the easiest place to coach. Mm-hmm. And the players down there, I remember because I went to visit them a couple times one year and once the, the next year, they liked playing for him. Yeah. And, but at the same time, there were some pissed off hombres down there too, because <laughs> I think it was, uh, might have been Calvert who was there and didn't think he should have been in one of those years. Mm. And Larson dealt with that, not always with uh, sugar and, and uh, rainbows or whatever the saying is. So, you know, there's an there's a, there's an edge to him too. It's not quite as pointed as as Tortorella's is, but I think he's an interesting choice. I'll say this too, and it kind of leads me to the next aspect of this. I think this is an an important hire for this front office too, because it might, I think, it helps them get back into the good graces of the room. And if it's one thing we've learned since the end of last season and this, and where we're at now, it's that there grew to be quite a chasm between the dressing room and the front office here. Mm-hmm. And I think they they needed to repair that. John Davidson helps. Hey, guys, come on over here now. Put your hands together. <laughs> but I think this is an olive branch of sorts to them too. Um, but I'll say this. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I don't think this organization did Brad Larson any favors. Oh, no. In this sense, if you start, if you end one season and start the ensuing off season by saying that you're going to, you're in it, you're going to compete, quick little rebuild here, quick little retool here, and here we go, then you're sizing people up that next season is going to be much like the previous forward. This was just a little hiccup and some of the names are going to change, but this is going to be a competitive team next year. So who do we want? Do we want Gallant? Do we want Tockett? Hey, maybe we'll get this rock star coach if he moves on. And, and that's not at all where this organization finds itself now. And I think there are people who would have been pissed off at a Brad Larson hiring no matter what. But I think the people who were most pissed off when he got the job, and and this isn't a few people, there were there was there was a lot of vitriol else. Oh yeah, I think a lot of those people were people who were sized up that we're going for it here in Columbus, the Blue Jackets. That's the Blue Jackets' voice. We're going for it. Everything's everything's going to be fine. We're just going to make a couple of moves and be competitive next year. And so they're thinking Gerard Gallant, he can take us deep into the playoffs. He's done it before with Vegas. And then this lands, and it, for a lot of people, I think it was the jolt that that showed them or made them realize, oh, okay, so this is this is what this is. And I don't mean that as a shot against Brad Larson, because who knows? He could be a hell of a coach. Right. I think he will be, to be honest with you. But I think it underwhelmed a lot of people because the hiring of the coach didn't match the expectations that they had established for their team. Does that make any sense? It does, but I, you know, this is something I had said to you b- before we recorded here the past couple of days. You know, if you, you're right. The the, the way this offseason started in terms of messaging was very different than, than what it is. And 
Um, it's, I'm actually forgetting it now, but Yarmo actually used a different word either than reload or rebuild in the Brad Larson con. It was a re something, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that if, if, and not everyone has to listen to every word that John Davidson says, I mean, there was a PR parade throughout <laughs> every single radio station and TV show for a while there, right after he right. got hired. But I think, you know, this is this is part of what John Davidson has, has been asked to help with is if you listen to how John Davidson laid out in his own words, what was coming next, what this organization was looking at, where this organization was, I think he was it, to your point with his with his velvet touch, gently taking people by the hand and saying, no, no, we're we're, we're going to go over here now. It, it's it's just, that that path looks nice, but th- we're going to go. We're just going to turn right at the fork in the road, not right. left. Um, so I think people should have seen that coming. I also think, to be honest, it, it's if I think people were upset about the Brad Larson hiring. If if I may give them give them this credit to a point. It was perceived, and even though we've talked about it, it's not like Brad Larson is the only person in charge of the power play or in charge of executing the power play, as Cam Atkinson reminds us. He was viewed as ineffective at the NHL level, given what was often surmised to be his area of responsibility. Um, But I think this also could have been kind of the landing spot for perhaps, I was surprised there wasn't more frustration, honestly, when the Seth Jones news came out. And to me, that should have been, in addition to John Davidson's PR words, well, his words, I shouldn't even say PR, but his words, that should have been, in my opinion, the the kind of like, okay, guys, do you not see now? (laughs) And maybe this Brad Larson hiring was just the the lightning rod that allowed for the the airing of grievances, if you will. But I think if you, if you, if you follow this team and if it took this to show it to you, I think that we're, I would suggest that there may have been signs you should have seen along the way coming into this. Yeah. And I also don't want to come across as saying that nobody should be upset about the Brad Larson. hundred percent. hundred percent. If that is, I, I mean, go for it. And, and you know, the, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be a good coach. I think he will, but I don't know. And, and you may not think he doesn't, he, you may not think he's going to be in that that is by all means your prerogative. Um, I just I just thought that it could have been if the grow with us, we're going to grow and we're going to develop here for these next couple of years instead of um, we're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think I- that sets people up as a different expectation for what's coming. I don't think honestly, and, and you may disagree with this, I don't think this is the time for an organization to spend three and a half, four million bucks on a coach. I don't, I think this is a time to teach and to a first year, a young coach that also has the capability to teach players how to be NHL players. I don't know if, if I think Brad Larson has that capacity. I don't know, but I don't think you need to, to play. You don't think you need to be paying for a resume right now, as much as you need to be paying for ability and, and the right fit personally. Yeah, but I agree. However, comma, if the person that they truly had thought was the best fit was three and a half million dollars, and you're planning to go get as elite talent as you can at a very young age, then that would have been worth it too, in my opinion. You know, and and I think what, what 
to, to your original point, I think there are other reasons that, the org- and I don't think this is their intention, but the organization ha- has put a ch- big challenge in front of Brad Larson. Listen, he could be the very, truly, honest to God, the very best coach in the world. But if he doesn't have a roster in front of him, 100%. He, he, it, it, it's impossible, right? And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but that's a really hard ask. Of, yes, a, of a coach, a new coach, a first-time NHL coach. And as I've shared on here, with full respect to Brad Larson, I think it's a hard ask to, to put a coach who has received a lot of vitriol from fans, whether it's earned or not, to now have to step in in these times and what's being done. And further, as I've said, the your relationship, you know, I'll pick on Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson did not say this, but he he's one of the people who knows Brad Larson the best. It's You're going to have to change your relationship with Cam Atkinson again. You're going to have to change your relationship with a lot of those players in the room because you're no longer only the good guy. And I think that's a hard ask too for anybody, for anybody when you elevate within the same team from an assistant coach to a head coach. So I think there are a lot of cha- a lot of challenges in front of Brad Larson that have nothing to do with his ability. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the nature of the opportunity. Yeah. That's interesting. And I was thinking about this too. I, I think judging. And so the judging an assistant coach, I, I get it. The power play and the penalty kill are the, are the two very public numbers by which we can measure an assistant coach. But it's so silly. When you think about it, really. It kind of is. To me, it's like judging a teacher by the GPA at the classroom. I think it's even worse than that, honestly. Maybe, well, maybe it is. I, But, I mean, I, it's an indicator. It is. Like, oh, should the sure. Blue Jackets power play, should it have been better? Hell, yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it was boring as shit the last four years. Oh, my years. God. I mean... But, but how many people have they brought in to try and help it? Cam said this, right? It's yes. not like a freaking Martin St. Louis was here. They and brought I mean, in a, another coach last season. Like this is not, this yeah. is not like, come on, seriously. What, and this is, I thought this was interesting. And it's one of those things you stumble upon. I'm going through the list of coaches and I totally muffed one, by the way, because one had been hired and, and replaced already, but. I was looking to see who's the last coach that was promoted from assistant to head coach in the offseason. Okay. So not the result of a midseason firing. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Yep. And so the only current NHL coach that fits that mold, and I'll tell it to you this way because it's, it's the punchline, sort of, but this guy spent – Seven years as an assistant with the team before he was promoted to head coach. Okay. As did Larson. Okay. This guy was a former player, as was Larson. And this guy was in charge of the power play. And they both won cups, didn't they? They both won cups. uh, I know. Okay. In those seven years, though, if you put those seven years together, which you can do with the NHL.com stats package. <laughs> Good job, those, <laughs> Across those seven years, because I sure wasn't going to add it all up and go through 30 teams over seven years. Oh. In those seven years, 
their power play was ranked 30th out of 31. Right. And that coach is Rod Brindamore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Brad Larson is going to be Rod Brindamore. I'm not. He may be. But what I'm saying is that if you listen to the argument now that the power play is an indication of how good a coach could be or should be, I think Rod Brindamore blows that out of the water because obviously a hell of a coach. A hell of a coach. It's an indicator, but it's not the full picture. Well, and this is where I'm going to get nerdy on you. Like, okay, there's only one other example. Like, so that's good, but it's also bad. Like, it doesn't happen a lot. So we don't really know what happens when an assistant coach, but you know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah, but I just, I just think, I just think, you know, and, and listen, this is on people like us. This is part of why hopefully I think we've always tried to tell stories of not just the head coach, particularly when you're as dynamic as John Tortorella, but being around a team, like to your point, this is why I say that's not a good number because they do so much more than that. And, and like, and, and we saw that we knew that we wrote about the different things a lot of these, these assistant coaches did and still do, but that's why I don't love it. It's not like Brad Larson comes in and says today and all day, every day, I will only think about the power play. That is my job, right? right. Like that. And similar for when Bradshaw was here with the penalty kill. So yeah. that's why I don't like it. It's like saying, I'm going to judge an entire restaurant by the appetizer that I got that was three pieces of something. Yeah. And I ate nothing else. I don't right. know. Yeah. Right. I mean, and there's also all sorts of ramifications. How often do they practice the power play? Right. How, what elements of the power play do they, do they work on in practice? Is the power play, the guy who's in charge of the power play picking out his personnel because right. Tortorella, as we know, his thing was the power play is a privilege. Right. And, I, I guess I agree with that to a point, but I also think pro sports is about winning. Sure. And your best guy should go on the power play. But but there were little things like that that affect affect everything. Yes. Um, so um, Brad Larson, three-year deal. Uh, Gerard Gallant, who also interviewed twice for the job, recently hired by the New York Rangers. Looks like Brenda Moore staying in Carolina. Although Interesting. Still isn't done. Still reported um, by Sarah Sivian. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Sarah Sivian. Um, Sarah Sivian. Maybe talk it to Seattle. Interesting, maybe. isn't it? It is. Um, and I'm not hearing the Buffalo has been kind of quiet, kind of yeah. weirdly quiet. Well, they asked to speak to, to, to what's his face in Ottawa and Ottawa said no. Well, I got to tell you, I, I did, I was, I spent uh, at the beginning of the coaching search, spent about three days just, trying to reach all of the many, many possibilities. Yes. And no team, no team gave me the runaround quite like Ottawa did. It just, just, I mean, listen. And that was about specifically about Capuano too, who was over in the worlds. Yes. And part of it was he couldn't possibly talk. He's at the worlds and I'm like, no phones. Freaking every coach at the worlds is doing this right now. (laughs) Like, like, yeah. I mean, uh, so Yeah, do what you do, do well, I guess, there, Ottawa. Um, (laughs) Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Allison, we spoke about this earlier, uh, a, sh- a shuffling in the front office. Indeed, yes. Uh, for the Blue Jackets. And yes. fine, it's good to finally figure out what Joseph Pomidian's doing. <laughs> this is something we've heard about for about a month now. Yes. He's moved his entire family from Sweden to here. Yes. Uh, he is now head of pro scouting. He was uh, head of European scouting. Now he's the head of pro scouting, which covers the world, not just uh, half of it. Mm-hmm. Rick Nash, uh, by the way, everyone say happy, happy birthday, birthday to the yes. former captain and legend of the Blue Jackets. Uh, he had been a special advisor to Jarmo Kekalainen. Uh, he is now director of player development. Um, I found out today it was Nash's birthday. I think I think this was announced today. I, I have not confirmed this, but I think this was announced today so that Yarma wouldn't have to get him a gift. <laughs> uh, cannot be confirmed. Former Blue Jackets, Mark Letestu, Derek Dorsett, and Brad Thiessen joined the development staff. Uh, Thiessen replacing Jim Corsi as the goaltending coach. And Nelson Iote has retired. Uh, maybe the greatest title in the history of the Blue Jackets. Yes. VP of performance. Love that. Is that what it was? Player performance? Uh, oh, shoot. I always mess it up off to look. But yeah, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. Was he a, was one of the first in the league. He was. I think it was the made up. Well, they're all made up titles. But I think it was. The, I think the title was conjured by Bill Zito, former GM of the Blue Jackets. This but no, but like there were only like two teams that had high performance, wasn't it? High performance. Ooh. I'm looking. Hold on. VP you keep of talking. high performance? Something like that. You keep you keep talking. I'll I'll look here. Um, so yeah, and and I I talked to Rick Nash uh, a little bit ago before we recorded, obviously. And director of high performance. Go director ahead. Director of high performance. Yes. Um, and this this signals a couple of things. First of all, that Nash, who who has kind of been a jack of all trades the last couple of years in his his special advisor role. Uh, go scout a game. Go work on this project. Tell us about this. Uh, do some pro scouting. Trade deadline stuff. He sat in on the interviews with coaches, some of them, um, that he is starting to find an area that attracts him more than than other areas. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about really – he. You know, I, I always love when players leave the game and and stay in the game. And usually like that first month – that first month is like, man, there's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. That they don't see as players, because of course they don't. But and I think Nash went through that for a while. But he was really starting to get into uh the scouting aspects of it and picking the brains of scouts and what are you, what are you looking at? Like and one of the tricks of scouting too is 
is recognizing it's it's the whole idea of relativity, right? So if you've got a 19-year-old kid and junior who's dominating a bunch of 16-year-olds, that's kind of how it should be. Right. But it's recognizing the 16-year-old that has something. That, yes. that kid has got something among 16-year-olds. It's, it's, a, it's a learned eye. And he is starting to lean towards that the youth aspect of this game, which which makes a ton of sense to me. So he mentioned that there's going to be a lot of travel. It's going to be working closely with Chris Clark, assistant mm-hmm. general manager. Um, and he's going to be going around to to the Blue Jackets uh, top prospects. I, I I think it's it's probably not needed to set to be said. They're going to be adding some top prospects here <laughs> over the next few years. So this now, Allison, becomes a very, very important role. Yes. Yes. And and for all the things that you just outlined, I like it. I like that Rick Nash, when he left the game, said, I don't know what all this is about. I'm just going to see. And kind of learned a little bit about this and that and the other thing and um, has found a place. And, you know, Liam Foodie shared some of this with his experience of when, when he got called up, you know, it, it, again, when we talk about this organization continuing to build relationships with players and a reputation and what the organization can be about. I mean, I have to think that these kids, listen to me, these kids now aren't too old that it's not a big freaking deal when Rick Nash comes to talk to you at your junior game or your, you know, college game or wherever you are. Um, So I think that's nice. Um, I think he'll be really good at it. And, you know, I, I like seeing, I think this is part of what the organization thinks they need to do. I like seeing that they're, they're, they're paying attention to some of the concerns. They're, they're demonstrating that former players stick around. They're demonstrating that players believe in the organization, want to help the organization. And they're starting to try and build the beginnings of what, again, will be kind of that reputation of the organization and what it really means to be a blue jacket and and to come up as a blue jacket with guys who aren't that far removed from playing. Um, And Brad Thiessen is just, I mean, what a great guy, what a demonstrated great teacher as well. So I I like that move additionally. It's, these are, these are nice. And I think they can pay off with the, with the folks they have involved. Yeah. You can't get, I was just thinking, you're right about Nash having that sort of off factor with young players. Like, right. Like, that's a name that still carries considerable weight. Yeah. I think Letestu and Dorset, you talk about two people that would seem to be great representatives of the club. Like, Letestu, these are two of the more respected players, not star players. Right. Two of the more respected players of their. Of their time. I mean, you talk to guys around the Oh, league. yeah. There's a lot of people who know those two and have 100%. nothing but good things to say about those two. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and in different ways. Letestu is the guy that didn't get it quick. Yep. And undrafted, Mark Letestu. Undrafted, had to muck his way for everything just to get a chance to establish himself in the NHL. Think of the stories he could tell young players. Mm-hmm. Derek Dorsett, if you stood next to him, you wouldn't <laughs> believe his size. Yep, it's true. And his willingness to, to I mean, the kid. Fought John Scott. Oh, God, if, yes. And and others. I mean, I will yes. never forget the fight with, uh, God, who was it? Um, Colorado Avalanche. This guy was a great leaf for a number of years. 
it, they, it was an unbelievable fight. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he is, he is such a, an interesting guy. Um, and you, Thiessen didn't have the NHL experience of the other two, but you won't find a more genuine person in the game. Yes. I mean, just genuinely, and he's played a really interesting role in Cleveland the last couple of years. Wait, today am I a coach or a player? That's right. Oh, this morning I'm a coach, tonight I'm a player. Got it. That's right. That's right. Um, Do anything for the organization. Those are the kind of guys they need to surround. And I talked to Nash a little bit too. He under, you know, it's an awkward, it can be an awkward conversation because he too has to be traded. And now he's charged with- A true blue jacket, you could argue. Just kidding. True blue jacket, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now he's charged, as my opinion, everybody in this organization is, is charged with figuring out what the hell is up. Yep, 100%. What are we doing? First of all, I don't know if this takes an outside party to to, to give you the answer. Is this reputation we have right now, is it fair? Yep. If it's fair, how the hell do we fix it? Where do yep. we start? Yep. Because if you don't fix that... All you're doing is changing the names and the cycle starts again. Yep. They got to change that. Yep. And I think there are people here who can change that if it needs to be changed. Um, they need to ask hard questions and, and get to the bottom of it. But, but you know, when, when young kids see Rick Nash and they see him working for the Blue Jackets, that says something. Oh, 100%. When they see Letestu playing in Edmonton but, but remaining in Columbus to live – that says something. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Dorset. Dorset's lived here since he retired as well. Um, and I think too, you know, for, I think of Latestu specifically, not to diminish the other two. Latestu is also someone who I was always impressed with his complete and total willingness to speak his mind and speak his mind quite well. And so to your point there of, of saying what is going on and are there things we need to change? Mark Latestu in particular, I mean, none of the three really, but Mark Latesta in particular doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be a shrinking violet. Should right. there be things that need to be said now, of course, things need to be listened to and implemented if, if there are such things, but um, you have some voices too. You have some people who aren't just going to look for what's going on. You have some people who I think are going to fight for any necessary change that might need to be made. Yep. And I, and I want guys like Mark Latesta and Derek Dorsett. I don't want to agree with them all the time. hundred percent. I want them to be agents of change. Hundred percent. And I mean, it would to me, it would be a shame if if guys with that that much to offer come in and just fall in line. And I I can't see him doing it. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I don't think either yeah. of these guys are those people. I don't think it's in their capacity. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I know from covering Dorset as a player, if he's got something to say, he's going to say it. And Ed Latestu as well, in my experience. So yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. So one time with Dorset, people like these stories, I think. Um, he had been hurt. He came back uh, from an injury and got hurt again. And we were, we were doing this as the previous employer of the Columbus Dispatch. We did, a, we did a blog. And it was for breaking news and all kinds of shit. And, and when, this, when he got injured, um, we popped a quick story up about it. And it said... Uh, Dorset, something like this. He probably he might remember Dorset injured dot, dot, dot again. <laughs> and I, to me, it just said, God damn, he's hurt again. Right. Right. Not, oh, this guy's hurt again. 
which is how Derek Dorsett read it. Amazing. So the next day, hey, Derek, you got a second? Um, I don't know if I really want to talk to you or not. Oh, whoa, 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 what's up? He called me a Band-Aid. Oh, boy. It's the first time I'd heard, <laughs> heard that expression. I what? You called me a Band-Aid. And we hashed it out. I defended myself, I thought, fairly appropriately. And he was fine. Yeah. And the I love that old school shit where I'm not going to let something fester. Yep. And I'm not going to handle it like a baby either. Yep. I, I'm going to... I'm, we're going to talk, and chances are you've probably got a pretty good explanation for it. I told him I thought he read the headline wrong. I thought he was a little too close to it, that the headline wasn't basically saying he's a wuss and he got hurt again, but it was that he is, in fact, injured again. And not, you know, this is a new injury, people, not right. anyways. Right. And he was great after that, and he's never been anything other than great. Um, a, a real character kid, and I'm glad he's back with the organization. Um one other thing here before we get to the outdoor drinking stuff, which could be fun. Big news. Um, the crew got a, a name for their new stadium. They did. Lower.com. And they and you know what? They did a good enough job selling it to me that I bought it. Excellent. They, they seem to be selling things well right now. Uh, listen, I, I was telling you before we started, yes. in all seriousness, so they had their naming ceremony, whatever you call it, press whatever thing sure. yesterday. Unveiling. Very technical term. And the crew, as they are supposed to do, pumping their own tires, put out their on social, their announcement of the new stadium. They put together a video. Now, this video was literally about, hey, here are people who gave us money to smack their name on the stadium. Mm -hmm. And P.S., by the way, it's not a sexy name. It's lower.com, which was getting ripped to shreds before everything went out. By the time I watched that video, I was hyped. There were they showed lights on the roof. I want to know if those lights are real. Like I was excited, and this was about a freaking naming rights announcement. So I'll tell you, they're doing something. That's good public relating right there. It, it, it is. Yeah, it is putting the R in PR. Yeah, well, there won't be a similar nationwide arena announcement anytime soon because it appears to be staying nationwide arena for a long time. Don't have the terms. But it was supposed to expire either this year or next. I've gotten conflicting reports to that. It doesn't matter now. The two, the Blue Jackets and Nationwide have agreed at some point recently to uh, an extension. Again, terms not available. So it's going to be Nationwide Arena for the uh, foreseeable future. Just that little update there. I took that conversation in a direction you didn't expect it to go, did you? No, no, no. I was uh, half prepared for it. Um, <laughs> Half prepared because I knew I knew you were excited about it. I made a snarky little thing like, "Boy, that's unfortunate," just because lower is such a, a a downer word. Yeah. Unless you're getting a mortgage. Correct. Which is the point. And when you listen again, public relating, it's yes. a local company. It is. Amen. It is a very interesting concept, and they immediately bundled their mission with the crew mission, which is. For certain goals, they're donating to better housing initiatives here in Columbus which financially, is which is great. Yes. So you know what? Call yourself whatever you want. Let's let's yeah. let's just go. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Appreciate them supporting uh, local. Correct, hundred percent. Um, Allison, there may be so a week from let's see the twenty fourth. So a week from tomorrow. Correct. There will be a at the city council meeting, mm -hmm. 
a discussion. They're going to review a proposal from Mayor Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther. Yes. Which would create a designated outdoor refreshment <laughs> area. Correct. Which means you can drink outside. It puts Dora the Explorer in a whole new light because yes. people call it a Dora. A Dora. Yes. A uh, a Dora. Yes. Dora. Correct. Yeah. Um, but you can drink. That is, get drunk. Have alcoholic beverages responsibly. Outside. Yes. Uh, responsibly, of course. Um, and this would this would include Allison the the whole of the arena district. Well, it, it you know, and I actually don't know the the true limits of the arena district, but it is um, the current rendering shows um, all of Nationwide Boulevard from front down to the river, so past the Crew Stadium. Some of you may be aware they're currently, as we speak, literally building a footbridge um, to connect um, the where the stadium, the Crew Stadium, is with over there into the Grandview and the footpath and things like that. Um, so it's the whole of Nationwide. It wraps around Crew Stadium. It wraps around the front of Huntington Park. Um, it runs down Neal to Spring and then behind along Spring and up to McPherson Commons. So it's the totality of that block and the totality of McPherson Commons, which I find compelling. Hmm. Um, it does include the green space that is on Neal. There's a little green space there. I don't know what it's called, but if you come down to the arena, you've probably seen it there between Neil and the parking garage, the McConnell parking garage, um, the totality of the block where nationwide arena is both, um, plazas by nationwide arena. And then it runs along kind of the foot space there that goes down back to where, um, our bar is. So this is, this is a substantive space, um, that they are outlining to be included in this. And so in essence, there would be outdoors vendors from the local establishments. That could serve you alcohol three hours before the start of the game Mm -hmm. up until midnight of that same day. Correct. Which means the party atmosphere outside the arena could get totally cranked up. 100%. Woohoo. Yay. Uh, How would you vote if you were on city council? I Listen, I love this. I've seen such a positive reception from these Dora's. Um, I have friends who live in Cincinnati who have always enjoyed theirs. There's one in Hilliard that I've heard great things about there. There are also ones in Dublin and Worthington and throughout the state. Um, I think this arena district was built to support this kind of community coming together and fostering of, of attendance at events in the district. I think this is a great step. And I think that the majority look people come downtown already on weekends and things of that nature and the vast majority seem to end up doing so responsibly from an alcohol perspective so i'm not expecting some sort of like massive increase in irresponsible behavior i think this is great i love it i think it's fantastic and it seems to be just before the the sporting events with blue jackets clippers crew i wonder if it if it extends to concerts at Nationwide or... Yes. So there is actually, um, and let me make sure I'm citing the proper source. Um, this was in uh, Columbus Business First, an article written by Haley Colombo, um, talking with Linda Logan, um, who is the executive director of the Greater Columbus Sports Commission. And the they want to entice people who are here for conventions to check out other attractions and vice versa. Um 
It may make it easier um, for sports fans to extend their time. It could also increase the number of special events that happen in the arena district. Um, so they want to uh, potentially, I'm scanning it here, but she said um, they're looking at some best practices to extend to other events as well. This is this was described as a first step, not the only. We think of this as a thousand step project and we're only a few hundred steps into it. Great. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a jam-packed front nationwide. Tell you what, we have run the gamut. Yes, we have. And it's going to be a wild summer. Uh, anything else to add? <laughs> no, I think we did it. All I think right. we did it. We did the damn thing. We did do. Um, Allison, thanks for, for being part of this. Front nationwide, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back with you again next week. Indeed. All right, take care. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.